This is the Blackout Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things. And today I have Andrew Keys from, okay, I'm going to make sure I get this right. Mezcal Agua Santa. You got it. Sweet. So um, I saw I saw me, the Mezcal on Instagram. You guys' Instagram is nuts, by the way. Like, who's are you behind that? Uh, I post uh, Agua Santa drinks on my own Instagram, but uh, Carmen runs... Um, the Agua, Agua Santa Mezcal uh, Instagram. Okay. So they, she gets a lot of uh, content from other bartenders in the in the country, oh. which is nice. So, um, yeah, I know it's a great Instagram. Yeah, so, like, Carmen, I, I reached out to Carmen, and Carmen's like, oh, by the way, I'm in Toronto, but I have a person there that's dealing with my drinks. You want to talk to him? And, like, you're so warm. And I was like, okay, we need to make this happen. So thanks for coming to the studio well, today. thanks for having me. Uh, how, I guess, how did you and Carmen meet? So Carmen is the lady behind the drink yes carmen uh, is the owner of uh, agua santa mezcal she's from mexico and i uh, couldn't say her last name so that's why i didn't say it <laughs> well, i'm wrong i'm wrong there we go um but me and carmen met um for an event um in halifax called drink atlantic uh which is a cocktail festival um ran by matt boyle and jeff fanhorn with uh, tons of other people but we briefly met um when we were working the event and then she reached out to a mutual friend's uh, five months ago, and mm. she's like, "Do you know any bartenders that would like to be a brand ambassador?" And my name came up, and I just took the job, and I've never been happier. It's a, it's kind of like when I started bartending, I've always it was always like a bartender's dream to become a brand ambassador, mm. and now I'm a brand ambassador. I'm just like, oh, it's pretty cool. I didn't, <laughs> think I, was, I didn't think I'd get to this point this quick, I guess. So it's uh, it's it's an honor to work with uh, Aguasanta. Um, so how I guess. Um, like, what does it involve being a brand ambassador? Well, first, uh, educating. Like, I, how, what I like to say is, I I'm responsible for um, telling the beautiful story of Agua Santa to all of Nova Scotia because I think it's a beautiful story uh, what Carmen's created. Um, but you um, you educate bartenders and people in the city of Mezcal first of all because not a lot of people know about Mezcal. Yeah, let's start with that first. What well, is it? So there's a, lot, a big misconception of. Um, like mezcal and tequila. So mezcal is a big umbrella, and there's a lot of uh, other things under it. Tequila is a type of mezcal. Oh. So th- there's difference between like production and different types of agave. This is espadine, which is uh, matured at seven years. Um, so that wow. you have so tequila has to be blue Weber tequila and made uh, in Jalisco and kind of other regions in um, Mexico. But uh, this is made in Huaca. But so it starts with. Uh, the terroir, so the terroir in Waka is uh, very diverse, but the um, espadine, which is uh, in this bottle, uh, grows at seven, uh, seven years, and then um, they harvest it, so they take the quiotes off, which is like the pointy things on the agave plant. Mm. Uh, they uh, grind it, and then they ferment it, and then distill it, but when they, um, but then they, when they, what's it called, they smoke it underground, that's the difference between like when they when they bake it, oh. or they when they cook it. I, sorry, when they're so cooking. So it's like they make a pit, put it inside, and it, how long does that does it have to stay down there for? It can. It depends. It could be there for three. Some mezcal companies do it for three days to three weeks. Oh wow! Yeah. Does um I guess what is the advantage of having it there for long? 
for like it's so it's uh, more depends what kind of wood they're using and all that. Like the thing about Aguasanto, which I like, it's not over. It's not overly smoky in your face. It's like a just the perfect amount of smoke. Mm. Um, so that's they don't leave it in the pit for that long. But some people will leave it there for like. And again, there's there's lots of different types of mezcal companies or just like small villages that do mezcal like their own way mm. and it could last from three days three weeks it just depends how smoky you want it and it, it kind of depends on distillation as well uh how long is uh, agua santa in on the ground for it's i think it's three to three days to one week okay yeah okay and so it's all made in mexico uh yes all uh, uh oaxaca oaxaca mexico so where what is the life cycle from the plant to this bottle so yeah like i said so they uh pick the the farmer has his espadine agave oh for this bottle um so they harvest it um they uh smoke it underground they grind it with a tahona the tahona is like a a stone wheel oh. it's like the very traditional way of uh making agave spirits i guess or crushing the agave Um, and then they ferment it, so it's open-air fermentation, so they let it sit with uh, the sugars and water turn into alcohol. Then they transfer it to um, the still, and then they distill it uh, twice, and then you get 42%, and then they put it in a bottle, and they ship it to Canada. Oh, wow. wow. So it's a, it's a, she's a proud Mexican um, who's made a great Mexican product that's from Mexico, but she also knows the Canadian market and is a proud Canadian as well. Mm. Um, how long has me, uh, Mezcal Agua Santa been in the market now? Uh, in Canada, I think it's been here for at least four to five years, oh, from wow. what I've heard about, um, yeah. at least in Halifax. And so now it's in a bottle. I don't really drink alcohol, so I suck at this. But like, what? What do you just drink it straight, or do you? So people, so like you know, when you go to bars, people are shooting whiskey or tequila. Um, In Mexico, they don't they don't shoot mezcal. Oh. They they, I'm not sure if it's a disrespectful thing, but there's a lot of work that goes into a bottle. So when you drink mezcal, or how you should drink mezcal, uh, in my opinion, and how people think how to do it in Mexico is you sip it in a glass, oh. like neat. So you don't you're not supposed to shoot it. I'm not sure if it's disrespect. Um, also, they say in every bottle of mezcal there's uh, a spirit. So when you Sometimes when you drink a lot of mezcal and you go to bed, you have crazy dreams. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's just the alcohol, but um, I find I don't get really bad hangovers when I drink mezcal. Okay. Um, but I think it's an amazing spirit because, um, like like whiskey, you you ferment whatever uh, mash bill or grain you have, and then you age it in a barrel for seven years, mm. let's say. But all the work, all the aging is going on in the ground in my opinion or like all the work is going in mm. so it takes seven years takes a year to grow like malt or barley for whiskey and then you ferment it and do all the stuff and then age it in a barrel mm. but all the work is that's why it takes so long for an agave plant to grow because i think all the work's going in and then they harvest it that's why you don't really need to age it i don't like aged mezcal or tequila mm. i do like reposados but uh, i love blanco tequila and um hoven it's hoven is a clear mezcal okay yeah wow um so like do you ever make cocktails with this guy uh yes i that's and then a part of my job is um posting uh cocktails once or twice a week uh making posts um 
may, uh, going to different bars and getting on the back par or educating bartenders on how to use this in cocktails and how it's how, the functionality of it. Um, and just educating and going to like um, the NSLCs and doing staff training. Because oh. um, I really believe in Aguasanta and Carmen. So it's uh, it's been a, I wouldn't say easy job. It's been a very fun job and Carmen's been lovely to work for. Mm. Um, shout out to Carmen. <laughs> but uh, no, um, making cocktails with um, Aguasanta is fantastic. It's very versatile. Mm. Um, what are some cocktails you've made with uh, Aguasanta? Um, I have a bunch on my Instagram if I want to check it out. But what was it Instagram? Uh, Nugget Keys at at uh yeah at Nugget Keys. Yeah. Uh, long story, but <laughs> um, but uh, one of them which I really like is called Described by the Tribe. Oh, uh, what's in that one? Um, it is Aguasanta Mezcal, um, uh, Pecho Aperitivo, which is like an Italian. Um, or it's, well, not Italian, but like like an apérol, essentially. Let's just say apérol. Uh, yellow chartreuse and lime. It's a it's a riff off uh, a naked and famous, and tu- oh sorry, and turmeric and pineapple bitters. Oh wow! Um, but it's a riff off a of naked and famous, which is a famous mezcal drink from New York, um, and it's one of my favorite classic uh, cocktails. So I just made a riff off that, mm. um, and it's uh, based off my like passion for hip hop. Like it's a tribe called it's a Native Tongues was a group back in the day with Tribe Called Quest and some other um, like Jungle Brothers and stuff. Mm. So it was uh, inspired by hip hop. Mm. That drink. Another one was called Shadow Boxing, oh. uh, which was uh, Aguasanta Mezcal Lille, which is like a fortified wine for, um, from France, mm. uh, and I infused it with strawberries and then just vodka infused with lemon verbena. And I shout out, uh, you know, Shadow Boxing by Liquid Swords, Me- Method Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. It, was just, it was a shout out to that, but also I just started at a boxing gym uh, downtown Dartmouth called Queensberry Rules. Like started at or started? I just started, I just started, I just joined the gym. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so it was a shout out to them and Method Man and Aguasanta. Oh. So I like to pull in like, I don't know, like, like I have a big passion for hip hop, uh, physical health, and obviously making cocktails, so I like to kind of revolve my drinks around that. Mm. Um, and then, uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, so I share. Uh, it was called shadow boxing. And then there's, I have a lot. I have to post. I think another three next week. Oh, so, wow. but I love making drinks and having a story behind them because mm. there's a story behind every bottle, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Dan, let's go. So, being kind of focused on mezcal, let's go to you. Like your journey. Is is how did you decide to start um, like you know working with alcohol? Um, well, okay, if you want the whole story, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I in the I guess the hospital like how I started working in hospitality. Yeah, um, I've told the story so many times. Uh, um, I grew up in my grandparents' butcher shop in Brantford, Ontario. Oh, um, I was cutting piggers off at the age of five. You no know, way! Like, yeah, like I was. Born and raised in that kind of hospitality kind of scene. Mm. Uh, then my mom went off to open up an Italian restaurant. So I grew up in Italian restaurants when I was from 8 to 11. And then I got my first dishwashing job at 14 at East San Mario's. Then I moved to Ottawa. Got my first line cook job. Cooked for a bit. Went to culinary school. And then I cooked in New York. And I cooked at Raymond's in uh, Newfoundland, which are like famous restaurants. Mm. And then one day uh, I took a break from the restaurant industry. And then I went to marketing school, 
And then I was like, fucking eat. Oh, shit. Sorry. That's I okay. Like, I need some money. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I'm going to be a busboy at this new restaurant opening up. And then my mentor boss now was working there. And I started being a busboy and learning some of the cocktails. And then he heard himself one night and I was busting a table. He's like, Andrew, do you remember? Do you remember the cocktails? I'm like, put me in, coach. <laughs> and I like ran behind there and like I made like four drinks. And I was like, yeah. But then I dropped out of marketing school the next day. No way. And started bartending when I was like 20. Yeah. So that's how I got into it. And then I moved to Whistler and back. And I was like, fuck Whistler. It sucks. And then, <laughs> and then I moved out to here to kind of uh, follow my mentor. And, um, fall, and then soon enough fall in love with the hospitality scene in Halifax. Mm. How long have you been in Halifax now? Oh, coming up on this September 18th will be three years. Wow. Yeah. And um, like you've lived in so many cities, how um, how how first do you decide which city you live in, and how long you stay there? Uh, depends on if I get tired of the city, and I don't think uh, there's no red flags here that I'm gonna get tired of the city. So Whistler, there's a lot of red flags, like sleeping in dorm floors, and like there's no cocktail scene there, and like <laughs> all the yeah, all the craziness that goes on. Ottawa is just I live there, I grew up there, kind of like from. 14 to 20 I kind of got sick and tired of it I didn't want to be stuck there mm. but I moved here I, I just fell in love with it like right away and I don't think I'm gonna move anywhere else I like you know you have the title of Ilmati that's kind of what stood out for me I'm like how did your love for hip-hop happen uh how how did it happen mm. um another great story I hope um like how I fell in love with hip-hop yeah yeah so how I fell in the old school with, or how I fell in love with actual hip-hop I, w- I remember I got my, like, I was, like, 11 or something. I got my first, like, iPod Touch. And I, like, had, like, Lil Wayne on there and, like, Little John. I'm, like, yeah. Like, I was, and I was uh, my two friends, Abraham and Eve, um, they're, like, come over and play some Wii. I was, like, all right. And then we go to the basement. And then I remember Hero by Nas was playing um, off the Untitled album. And I was, like, what the fuck is this? Mm. He's, like, this is Nas. I was, like, who's that? <laughs> He's, like, it's not, like, look him up. And then I, like, went home and I, like, deleted all the shit hip hop <laughs> off the music and went down this rabbit hole at yeah. like age like th- probably 13 like you know YouTube takes you to like related stuff mm. so it was like Nas Big Daddy Kane Karis One Wu-Tang I was like what there's all this like music so mm. that's been a hip hop old school hip hop or good hip hop I should say yeah I don't like upset anyone but has been a part of my uh, life for 10 years now and I've been yeah. uh studying it and just like I have the gospel of hip hop by Karis One and like oh. um actually we did No the Scratch No Scratch Bastard. He's a DJ. Yeah. We did a an event a couple years ago in Toronto um with DJ Premier and Nice and Smooth was there too. <laughs> that's such a that's such a cool lineup. Oh my I was freaking out. I was yeah. like, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now. <laughs> but I remember we had a big reefer truck with like hundreds of paps blue ribbon and i was like filling up the bar again mm. and nice and smooth walked to the back like yo man can we get a beer i'm like <laughs> i'm like what i was like get the fuck out of here and i was like do you, do you guys want to chug a beer so they're like yeah man and then, like we chug, we cracked a beer and i chugged we chugged it and i was like what's up with karis one man like why doesn't he come to um come to like canada he's like he doesn't he doesn't trust planes man what? i was like why he's like just boats and cars i'm like what the fuck like so i was like that's pretty cool and then one of the one of the artists were like you want to meet dj premier i'm like 
Yes. It was like during cleanup time. I'm like, I'm like, told my bosses, I'm like, I'm gonna be maybe half an hour <laughs> to two hours waiting for this guy. They're like, yeah. go get it. And then he, because uh, I have a gangster quote here. Uh, he came off the the bus. He's getting old. He was like, he's like. Now he's like, oh, this fucking kid. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I had a sharpie. I had a sharpie with me. I'm just like, uh, uh, Premiere. I'm a big fan. Like, uh, I, you know the song uh, "Peace of Mind" by uh, uh, by Gangster. He's like, yeah, I produced it. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah, oh. yeah. I'm like, he shot my arm, and I thought I was gonna get tattooed over, but he just went like, like just like a, a shitty. Not like he was in a rush, and it was yeah. just like a big sharpie line. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not getting this tattooed. <laughs> but yeah, hip hop has been a big part of my of my life and a big influence on my bartending. Mm. Which is great. In what way? Um, just inspiration. A lot of my drinks are from like uh, educate. Like, if I can make a drink and tell a story about Agua Santa or hip hop mm. or um, any type of music or like an event, like you can. The power of bartending is you can make a drink and you can tell a story with it as well. And it it it's not just like here's a rum and coke. It's uh. And with your ingredients, you can um, you can make really, really delicious, complex cocktails. Mm. But then you have a platform to also tell a story or um, donate to a charity or wait, raise awareness on something. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that's why I love bartending has been awesome. Mm. Um, has its ups and downs, obviously, but it's uh, the hospitality industry is my true passion and um, so is hip hop. So they go hand in hand. Mm. So now COVID happened. I think March, the world kind of shut down. Yeah. How, how's that for you and like the your um ex- experience from the hospitality? Um, like how did everyone take? Yeah. How did everyone? It was a big hit for not just how like the whole hospitality industry all over the world. Because mm. um, we don't. Unfortunately, bartenders or people in the industry don't really have a backup plan, right? It's not like working for the government, um, and no one was really expecting this, right? Um, it was scary, but there was a lot. Of, we have to share. We have to, as bartenders, give thanks to a lot of the brands like Campari. Uh, there's Campari. Who else? There's a, uh, Diageo, Bacardi. They donated to this benevolent fund, um, so bartenders could log on once a week and receive funds if they. There's people on the panel that would like look over the the forms or their application mm. and see if they're kind of like if they could justify giving them some money. So oh. there's a lot of brands that stepped up during COVID and helped out people in the hospitality industry. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. That's I I guess maybe you have to be in the industry to know that, but like it's not even news, right? Because um I. I mean, it's, you know, I don't have a problem with people doing stuff and like, look, I'm doing this stuff. But sometimes it's also cool when you just do stuff because you want to do it and not because you want to you want people to know that you did it. Yes. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's like they were like, oh, this is going to look good on us. But yeah, we, but bartenders have been selling their products. We're like the, on the front line. Yeah. Right. Of educating people. And like there's like the I guess brand ambassadors. But like when you educate a bartender, that's when you start selling your product and getting people into your product and passionate about your product. Cause like, they're like right at the front line. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it, it was really cool that a lot of brands stepped up. Um, obviously bar- being a bartender, you're a very social person or you tend to be. So like we were used to like seeing our work family six days a week, working 10 hour days with each other. Mm-hmm. So like when we couldn't see each other, we're like, God damn it. Like we we're FaceTiming all the time. We were like trying to, at least we, me and my friends, like we were trying to cook with each other over Zoom, 
make drinks, mm. do shots together. <laughs> like, but like, um, yeah, that was the hardest part, at least for me, was the social aspect. Yeah. Um, I struggled with that a lot, but uh, the best thing you do is just kind of like keep staying. Like during that time, was just text someone every day or like you know go for like a a walk. Like he's on this side of the sidewalk, you're on this side of the sidewalk. Mm. I've done that before. But just like yeah, but I'm glad everything's kind of clearing up, and we're being. I think we're being kind of responsible. Yeah, yeah. With the masks yeah. and stuff, yeah, and yeah. Um, so it's. It, but it's nice seeing. It was very kind of odd and like. It was really like I don't know how to explain it, but like going on Argyle Street during COVID and just like nothing at night. Like I'd go on a run, and I'm just like oh, like because I used to work at I used to be the head bartender at Lot Six, mm. so it was like. Um, I, I've seen it at its busiest and like kind of slowest, but like went there on a Saturday night. I'm like, oh my God. Like it was like, it was gloomy and yeah. just eerie. I'm just like, oh, but it's nice seeing life come back to the city again. Mm, mm. I think it's because like, uh, just, you know, not to toot our horn, but we, we did all the right things so far and it's kind of As paying being off. out, like Halifax. Yeah, Halifax, Halifax yeah. yes, 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 yes. You know, whenever you read that, oh, you know, this is day five and there's been no cases. Like, oh, fuck, we're still doing good. So it's great with that. <clears throat> back to Mezcal, what are some plans you have moving forward for Santagua? Um, plans I have. Uh, well, Agua Santa. Agua Santa. Yeah, yeah I was going to correct you. you know, <laughs> I would talk to you after about it. But, but um, well, for me, um, I have a, an event coming up um, this month at the Other Bean. Mm. Um, it's going to be a charity event. Uh, so Steve, the owner, is going to serve awesome tacos. I'm going to make some Agua Santa drinks, and we're still kind of uh, figuring out a charity to pick. Oh. Um, so that's going to be either on the 17th or the 28th. It's going to be on a Friday. Of August. Oh, okay. Yeah, this month. So that's uh, moving forward, and I want to start. Um, I'm going to start a Aguasanta competition, a cocktail competition soon. What will the competition be? Um, it's going to be called a Beautiful Story Comp. So I want people to hopefully. I'm still in the works with Carmen with it. Um, to tell me just a beautiful story, not even just about being in the industry. Just uh, tell me, present me a cocktail with a beautiful story that means a lot to you. Mm. Right. Um. Cause like there's so many comments to be like make me a drink about the brand like, like people know about I'm gonna tell them about the brand they're gonna know about the brand, but I think the brand's such a beautiful story. Um, you tell me a beautiful story using Agua Santa, right? Mm. So and then so that I'm still working on that, and maybe it's kind of <clears throat> in the works. I don't want to jinx it, but we're gonna we're working on um. Uh, a can cocktail, like a ready, like a vodka soda, essentially. Oh, like a, a cocktail in a can. Yeah. So we're working on that as well. Is it gonna be just like? Is it gonna be a series of like? Is it just one type, or is it gonna be different? I think as of right now, just with like COVID and stuff, probably just one. Mm. But and see how well it does, because mm. like I don't want to like put four out and just like one sells. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just one step at a time. How will you now pick that one though? Because you have so many options. Pardon me, sorry. How will you pick the one you can? Oh, I already have one in mind. Oh, okay. Um, but it's gonna it's you want you don't want to like do be very like over complicated with um stuff like that because like you want like obviously we still live in nova scotia and like it's going to be a very like it's going to be a crushable cocktail but nothing no crazy ingredients in it mm. like it's going to be refreshing something you can crush during the summer and um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun i'm excited okay okay i'll drop some off when they're ready awesome yeah talking about dropping some off um 
do we get to keep the bottle? Yeah, well, I thought this is for the listener. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, mean, I mean, you guys could be the winning listeners and just drink it. I don't exactly. Know. Some. So. <laughs> I don't, know, don't tell the listeners that. Just. <laughs> Yeah, so someone listening um, is going to get this awesome bottle. Um, so, Andrew, um, now with all these plans, like, are you, do you just, are you kind of the sport person here in Halifax? Do you have other people working with you on? No, I'm the, the first, I think I'm the first brand ambassador for Agua Santa Mezcal. Uh, so my, I guess my position is the Atlantic Atlantic Canada brand ambassador. Mm. So we're just kind of going around Halifax, Dartmouth right now. And then we're going to spread out okay. to New Brunswick and hopefully Newfoundland. Um, Cause obviously this is Atlantic Canada. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's slow steps. Obviously with COVID mm. it's, it's kind of buffered at like everything. Mm. So um, yeah, I'm excited for moving forward with Agua Santa and kind of everyone COVID kind of calming down a bit. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, I guess <clears throat> different provinces and different countries are handling in different ways. But I think as long as we keep doing what we are doing, we should be fine here. Uh, and life is slowly opening up. Like you said, people are actually going out and doing stuff. So that's great. And like, you know, I've, I don't like traffic, but there was a day I was actually in traffic and it felt good, like, you know, life uh, Like is, having the... Tra- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, life is coming back to normal in, in, in such... In, in That's a good way to look at it, too. Like, not get mad at traffic. Like, oh, there's traffic again. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it felt it felt really good. Um, Yeah, okay. I want to end with this, though. So, I guess <clears throat> you have this positive outlook with life, like taking things that matter to you and bring it into your work. Um, someone out there listening, what advice would you give them with following their passion? Following their passion. Oh, um, well, don't, I would say don't let, if you're truly passionate about something like I was with, like first with cooking and then at the end bartending, there's a lot of people and I knew deep down, like I was, this is what I want to do. I was telling my family, but they're, don't let someone steer you off the path of, what you know you really want to do and you know you're going to be successful at because if I went into another profession and because like all my friends or family told me to do that I'm not going to be as successful as if I'm in something I'm fully invested and passionate about Mm. like say if I was a hedge fund manager like who fucking knows right but like you shouldn't do something because maybe it makes a little more money or because someone's telling you it's a better job you should, because you're not going to excel at it if you don't, you're not fully invested or fully in love with that position or job. Mm. So I'm going to be, yeah. So just don't let anyone steer you off the path. If you're passionate about it, stick with it. And you, you need to be successful. You need to be passionate and fully, fully into whatever, um, you want to want to be mm. or pursue, I guess. Uh. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you very much, man. And a lucky listener is going to get this book. Yes. This is the Blackout Podcast. Thanks for listening.